My name is Fraser. My name is Mark. And we are the hosts of the Geekiest Show Alive. To the outside world, we're ordinary geeks. But in the fab international studios, we talk comics and find other geeks just like us. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week. You're on issue 37. My name's Mark, and I'm your regular host of the show. And I've got a guest host in the studio with me today. Hello, Zach. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm all right. It's nice to have someone uh, someone to talk to rather than talk about comics sat on my own since I was abandoned by Fraser. Not that, I, not that that makes me sad or anything. I've enjoyed some of your Mark Talks to Mark. Uh, Mark Talks to Mark feels really weird when I'm doing it, though. Yeah, fair. Does it sound weird on air? No, it's just... It's like a conversation with you that I'm not invited to. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you're invited today. Thank you for joining us on the show. And, well, as is tradition when we have someone who is guest on the show, I've got some interview questions. Are you ready? As I'll ever be. Okay, right, okay. So, the first question is, Geek Origin, what first got you into comics? Okay, so I had to think about this and realise I knew the answer pretty easily. So cartoons in the 90s was big, so, you know, Spider-Man, X-Man, Iron Man, Hulk. Hulk was okay. I don't remember the Hulk one. It was good, and then She-Hulk was in the second series, and that was good. Well, She-Hulk is always a good thing. I say that was good. It was 20 years ago, and... I liked it as a child, so as an adult, I assume it was great. Oh, was it part of Marvel Action Hour? Yeah, quite possibly. With, oh, um, I remember that. I remember the, that at the same time as the Iron Man series, where the second series they just kind of shoved in Hawkeye and Spider-Woman. It and, was Marvel Action Hour. I'm such a nerd that I know that. Yeah, But those, and uh, Batman and Teen Titans and whatever else, DC... See, I'm too old for Teen Titans. Tell me about Teen Titans. Oh, I don't remember it. I remember liking it. <laughs> but that was definitely involved. Um, like, I remember that there was a Justice League cartoon and people talk about it fondly. Can't say what happened in it. No. Same with the 90s Superman cartoon. I got the action figures. I clearly watched it. Don't know. Do you... Did, are you too young for the X-Men cartoon? No, no, I remember that. Previously Pretty- on X-Men... Probably pretty fun. Out of all of them, I think that's the one I remember most fun. It's my ringtone, actually, the you, you start thing. I actually intro. didn't know that. Um, <laughs> it's been my ringtone for about three years. Nothing so. wrong with that. But, um, yeah, m- mostly Marvel and DC cartoons, I think. And then in about, I'm going to go 97, I, I bought, um, apparently, I made notes, uh, Web of Carnage issue three but like in you know the british collections with like the proper cardboard covers oh i do remember those yeah um, and it's like, like a, a collected comics yeah and it's like a seven-year-old the first page is ben riley spider-man carrying peter parker under his arm with a duffel bag with the body of peter parker in it lovely and as a child that was like but what does this mean how is this a comic book so i was obsessed with that and the idea of uh, ben riley's carnage because he looks great I read all this when I was a teenager right. and realised it was not great, but... Well... I, as, as a kid, got me into comics. Look, I, I have an obsession <laughs> with Thunderstrike and Eric course, Masterson yeah. because of what I read as a kid. I have reread it as an adult, and it's 
it's okay. It's not aged great, but... It's okay. Um, there were some nice issues with Thor being a single dad and stuff like that. That was actually quite nicely done, but to describe it as, as great probably would be... Yeah, I... I think it's natural that things that were cool and got you into comics, probably when you look back, not as cool. And it's hard not to defend them. Yeah. But, yeah, what happens when they're naff? Do you you think you'd want to watch Marvel Action Hour again? I think just curiosity alone, probably. Just just to see if it's what I remember or if it's terrible. (laughs) So, right, (laughs) I have rewatched both X-Men... I've rewatched some of X Men. I've rewatched Spider Man. I've rewatched X Men and I've rewatched Thundercats. Okay. Both of these are happy, happy memories from my childhood. X Men, ignoring season five, completely stands up. Yeah. Oh, Thundercats. Thundercats, the animation is weird now. Oh, it's wretched. <laughs> well, anim- animation is a loose term for it, I guess. It broke my heart. Never go back. Uh, but go back to X Men. But ignore X-Men the, last, still good, the yeah. last season. Um, I rewatched the Spider-Man cartoon and realised that every time Spidey turns back into Peter, he always walks out of the same woods, no matter where he is. Brilliant. So he has to do the costume change in in a forest somewhere in New York. Maybe that's a limitation of his superpower (laughs) in that particular Spider-Verse. I'm I'm kind of happy with that as an explanation, just (laughs) that and everyone just lives around Central Park, just literally everyone that he knows. To be fair, Central Park is huge. True. It's like a mile or... I think, isn't it like a mile square or, or even bigger than that? I think, yeah. Having walked in it, you're like... There's just, there's just park and more you can, park. You can forget and, that you're in a city. So yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just just back onto everywhere Peter Parker would ever need to go. Just convenient. <laughs> Obviously. If we, if we could insert that into the films as well as, like, just a canon thing, just... Peter Parker has to leave Central Park when he changes back into being a regular person. That would be marvellous. See what he did there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's my origin. I um, distinctly remember buying the um, X-Men movie comic book adaptation when it came out as well. Oof. Do you still have this? Somewhere, yeah. And oh, I I'm, don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm intrigued <laughs> to read it because I, I, I don't think it's going to be good. Um... I have no idea who wrote it or who drew it or anything like that because I've not read it since I bought it. So I assume there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, it's like, super, now I've thought about it, so curious about if that was good. But, I, I mean, comics like that, I bet they sell better than... I was going to say decent comics, but there's got to be a, a, a more subtle way of putting it. Um, creator-owned, more intellectual comics, shall we say. Yeah, probably. They'd probably sell 20 times the amount. Worryingly, yeah, probably. Well, it's, it's weird as well, because it seems like Marvel have moved back from that, so now they do, like, prelude comics to, to like, pre, prelude to Endgame or Fathom yeah. Home, rather than just doing a straight adaptation of, this is the film. Mm. But now you can read it. Um, yeah. But, but I am into it. I would, if, if you can find that comic, <laughs> I would really like to read it. <laughs> I'll dig it out for you, just for you. You can probably keep it as well, let's be honest. Wow. <laughs> Don't make that come back to me. Thanks. Um, but yeah, then, then after that, I didn't really read that many comics until um, like Infinite Crisis, or like mid-2000s DC, okay. which um, I made the mistake of buying Infinite Crisis, thinking I would just understand this event. Realised like on about yeah. page three that I did not. So I 
obsessed over reading all of DC to understand Infinite Crisis. Oh, that's interesting. I suppose it could have gone either way. You could have looked at it, gone, huh? And then thrown it over your shoulder and never read comics again. I suspect I'd have probably done that. I, it was a tough one because the first page is like, Wonder Woman's killed this guy. Who's this guy? That's on TV everywhere. Why does that matter? I just had no clue as like a 15-year-old. Like, mm. I don't know what this book is. But decided, yeah, to buy all the trades. But it was when DC's trades came out like a year after they finished. Yeah, yeah. So it took a long time. But I finally read all that. And maybe I understand Infinite Crisis. I'm not sure I do. 14 years later or no, whatever. I'm not sure I, I, I ever will. But you, 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 are you more of a DC guy or a Marvel guy or an indie guy or equal? I think I'm pretty equal now. When I first got into comics, I was big into DC. Um, and then as the years have gone by, I've got more into Marvel, more into Image and Dark Horse and Valiant and all the different... You are the Valiant King. I am the Valiant King, apparently. Yeah, I, I, I have, <laughs> I'll I have named that claim. you. But if there's ever a Valiant comic, I'm like, yeah, Zach's going to buy that, and you do. Pretty much, yeah. I um, <laughs> It's just a really accessible, like, superhero universe. So it was easy. It's your fault as well, so... Uh, yeah, we used to be in a book group... To, well, we're in a different book group together now, but we used to be in a book group together, and I just picked one because it happened to be an indie, and it was... It, it was uh, Quantum and Woody, Woody, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I kind of created an obsession, which I'm quite pleased about, because it means you've probably got Valiant Comics that you can lend me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Lend me some Quantum and Woody. Yeah, I have all of it. Oh, do you have all of it? Yeah. Gosh. I got every. I've, I got the 2012. I got the 2017. I got the 90s stuff. You definitely don't want, but you should probably read. Is the 90s stuff not very good? It's actually pretty decent as like a superhero comedy thing. It's written by Chris Priest, who reinvented Black Panther in the 90s. Right. So you probably read his Black Panther, knowing your probably. 90s comics. I do like my 90s comics. Um, but yeah, it's it's awkward and aged weirdly, but. Do the 90s, eh? And the 90s were interesting times. Mm. I, I do find... <laughs> and again, like we were talking about going back to stuff, problematic things that weren't problematic at the time, and it's not fair to judge them on it, but they're still problematic now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, every now and again there's something in a 90s comic or earlier that's like, OK, that's that's not great what you've done there. That's but... unpleasant. That, you're, you're, that's, that's a hideous, hideous stereotype. And yeah, but comics have learnt now mostly. Mostly, <laughs> most of that's been toned down and removed and fixed and is better. Yeah, indeed. Mm. So you're more into. So what? What? What would you say you're into now? Um, is it Valiant and a bit of other stuff? Uh, not as much Valiant at the moment. I've kind of tried to balance it all out a little bit more. Um, I've been reading a lot more Marvel. I um, sold out and got the Marvel Unlimited app. So right. I've kind of got so much Marvel from the last few years I've not read that I'm, like, going back and picking through. I won't go near it because I just don't like reading comics digitally. I mean, I don't, but as we, well, we've talked about in the past, I will happily carry around just, like, a hundred books just in case there's an emergency and I need to read something. Yeah, I do that. So digital comics is actually easier than <laughs> yeah. carrying all the books. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so a lot of Marvel at the moment, because Marvel Unlimited, uh, but I've been trying to buy more and more indie stuff, so, like, uh, there seems to be loads of new publishers, like Aftershock and Vault and things like that seem to Boom. be popped up. Boom. Um, so I've been trying to, like, buy trades from different weird and wonderful mm. publishers and see what's what, especially 
now, now that it seems like image seems to be like a few years ago, I, I would buy basically any image book and right. love it. I feel like now there's more of a mix of image and there's a lot of stuff that I just don't really have much interest in. I, I tend to mostly like image and then the, the odd title just doesn't yeah. interest me at all. And I feel like a lot of creators have started doing stuff for like Aftershock and Vault and trying to mm. have more of a spread. So I'm trying to pick it. I've been reading a lot of Donny Cates. Nothing everything. wrong with Donny Cates. It's a good, good comic writer. Mm. But he's um, he's got a new trade out this week, which is Interceptor, is it? The space vampire thing? Yeah, is it a straight to trade as well? It seems like it, yeah, because it, was it Free mm. Comic Book Day? Yeah, there was yeah. one on Free Comic Book Day, yeah, and I, I, th- I think I remember quite liking it. The um, the one I liked the most was um, uh, the one about monsters. What was that called? My favourite thing is monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was wonderful. Mm. But anyway, we're, yes, we, we're, we're doing interview questions rather yes. than just chatting. Yeah. Now, this is the one that people tend to stumble on, and it's why I tell people about it before I ask them, because it's so bloody hard. Um, Matt Rushmore... Mount Rushmore. What four characters would be on your comic book, Mount Rushmore? Okay, well, I, I obsessed over this because... Yeah, I did when I had to do it. It's really difficult. Isn't uh, it? Thanks. It's a cool <laughs> question, though. It's a good but challenging question. Indeed. So, I got my answers. Go on. They're, they're a bit of an odd mix, but I stand by I, I, I prefer odd. Okay. So, first up, Booster Gold. Oh, what? Booster Gold again? Why Booster Gold? Um... Because he's the best. <laughs> uh, he's the best. So when I first got into DC, mm. Infinite Crisis, and then 52, which came afterwards, which was the weekly yeah. thing, he was a big part of that. And the more I read, the more I'm like, I, re- I really care about Booster Gold. I want more Booster Gold. He's right. everything you want from a time-traveling superhero. Then he got his own solo series, which I loved, and all the... I think it's the, one of the first issues he describes himself as the Marty McFly of superheroes. Nice. And I'm like, one of my favourite films is Back to the Future, so that, I think that just completely sold it to me. <laughs> I realise now I might be just quoting some of the things Fraser said when you asked him this. Yeah, Fraser, <laughs> Fraser loves Booster Gold for exactly the same reasons that you're giving me, and that's kind of cool, I guess. Consistency is key, right? Just learning that I don't hang out with Fraser enough. Clearly? Well, you um, can't at the moment, because well, in America yeah. he abandoned me. But, um, Have I mentioned that? Yeah, it's, it's come up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Booster Gold, just quality time-travelling comedy gold, I think. Comedy. Hey. Oh, I see you did um, there. And um, yeah, just the relationship with him and Booster... Uh, him and... Uh, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. Just, just the kind of pure love and friendship between mm. them, I think. It's something you don't often get in comics, and it's just a nice thing, just... Really, really cares about yeah. his friend. And, and uh, like I, to be honest, I had read zero Booster Gold until I started doing the show. And what I've read, um, more out of obligation initially, I, I have genuinely enjoyed it. Does it does really work for me? I, yeah. I, I do like it. That's fair. I, th- I think some of the stuff in his solo series as well kind of goes. Maybe you don't want to read all of Killing Joke, but here's what Booster Gold would have done. There. Maybe you don't want to read all of Guy Gardner's origin. Well, here's the Booster Gold version. It's like a little history lesson about DC that's not actually accurate to what happened. That does sound fun. I've not read that, but that does sound fun. Um, but yeah, so Booster Gold, sol- solid first face on your mountain. Okay. Um, after that, um, Cyclops. Cyclops? Scott Summers, is, he's just a good lad. But the, the, the dullest X-Man. Please, please justify. the X-Man. Um, <laughs> it's hard. Okay. Um, so, obviously in the cartoon, he's, he's pretty dull. He is. And in, in the film's... 
he's pretty dull because they want he is. Wolverine to look cool and shiny. Yeah. yeah. And then the comics is pretty dull. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where are we going from here? But every now and again, you'll get a, a, a little brilliant moment of Scott Summers. Like, um, so Astonishing X-Man. He yes. can't use his powers. He's got a mental block. And he's just walking around, just shooting people in the X-Mansion to save his friends. There's just one scene where he shoots Sebastian Shaw and he's just like, Colossus, I'm having a hell of a day. <laughs> and right, it's just okay. little moments like that where Scott Summers just comes good and it's like, okay, th- there's more to you than we actually get to see. And then Brian Michael Bendis did Uncanny where he's yeah. like the revolutionary and he's brutally murdered Professor X. Which, you know, is, was a thing. It, was, it sure was a thing that we... We don't need to get into that. But he got the cool kind of, you know, Tron-esque costume, you know. With a, with a gigantic with bulb the, helmet the, thing. Yeah, yeah, and the big X across the face. Doesn't line up with his eyes. I, I don't think about it, though. I just accept. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Really into the costume. Quite like the whole revolution leader. And he's, you know, wants mutants to be accepted. So he's kind of taken that Magneto role. Mm-hmm. I think that just really sold Scott Summers to me as a, you know... Ultimately, he isn't this boring do-gooder. He does want the best for the mutants, and I think that's that's a nice thing. I mean, he goes about it in a chaotic way and with a band of mostly unknown mutants and rejects from other X-Men teams. Right. But I respect that, you know? Plus, he, he gets Magneto in that awesome white costume. And that white costume is pretty cool. So he, he, he calls in some cool people, and they hang out in Canada, and... Right, he looks cool, and he does. Now that that's something I will agree with. Uh, Cyclops does look cool. So yeah, and his power is cool. Yeah, and the stuff introduced, like you know, well, if he hadn't had you know um, some kind of head trauma when he was a kid, he'd be able to control his powers and little ideas that are like okay, so you make okay. that. You actually solve the problems of well, why does he just shoot lasers out of his eyes constantly? I, I guess answering those questions appeals to me for reasons. Well, fair enough. Maybe it's as well because everybody hates him, so I'm like, I'm going to give you a chance. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> no one wants to be friends with Scott Summers, but I'll be friends with Scott Summers. Okay, you you be friends with Scott Summers. Um, Next up. I stand by that. Um, so Faith from Valiant, you know, flying woman. <laughs> You're going to have to help me out on this one because I've not read this. Okay, so... Faith is, so she's a Psyot, which is like the Valiant equivalent of mutants. Right. Um, Just quite a nerdy character. She's just into comics, into sci-fi, so there's kind of a lot of sci-fi references. Right, cool, yeah. Um, Her own series kind of takes off after the stuff that happens before where she gets her superpowers and they introduce her. Kind of her flying around California trying to be like a traditional superhero, so she gets a job working for a new Psy and she's, well... A listicle site, but that's that's a modern day news site. Right. And she's trying to, you know, have a secret identity and be a reporter but be a superhero. And it's all very kind of classic. Yeah, that does sound quite that sounds kind of Superman y. Yeah, so it's it's trying very hard to be like a classic Superman type yeah. story. Um flying around California dealing with various ludicrous things. You've got a um cat that I think the cat I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Well, job done. That's I like next. cats. Uh, I think it's a cat that's got the mind of a psyot in it, so it's like this super intelligent evil cat. Brilliant. Sold. Um, you've got an, 
a trade where the villain is just a guy dressed as kind of an evil version of Mighty Mouse, stealing things at a comic convention. <laughs> Fine. Everything is, like, so ludicrous that I'm like, this series is good. Um, and above all else, I think Faith kind of represents a lot of Valiant, and I can't fit them all on this mountain, apparently. Right. And but... You, you can't have Quantum and Woody. You would exactly. have to have them as two. Yeah, like of a your half and half face thing. Like <laughs> no, the half Spider-Man. Cover you can't the dude have sometimes. that. You can't have that. That's not allowed. So I think Faith is like the perfect figurehead for Valiant and all good things Valiant. Yeah. So, so as a rep- like similarly, I chose Swamp Thing as a representative yeah, so all of Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. So yeah, I absolutely get that choice. But she's a good character, and yeah, I think as a kind of face for Valiant. She's my Swamp Thing. That sounds weird. She's your Swamp Thing. Okay. I stand by that sentiment. Um, so my fourth one, I don't know if this is cheating. Can I have, like, manga characters forced in here? They're still comics. They're just not American comics. I would say yes, but I think Fraser would probably lay an egg. So go ahead. Excellent, yeah. Um, so um, 20th Century Boys is a uh, Naoki Urasawa manga. Okay. Which is kind of about a bunch of kids who kind of plot out how the world would end and what the apocalypse would be and how it would all go. Right. And then when they grow up, it just starts happening in spite of them and they'd all forgotten about it and moved on with their lives. Okay, that's a nice concept. Um, And the main character is uh, Kenji Endo, who is the best. Right. So he's basically kind of heavily inspired by Urasawa, who's writing it. So Kenji is... He's into music and, you know, when he was a kid, he was into manga and he always wants to be a rock star so the story is kind of him realizing you know oh like the world is ending and is this not, is this my fault did i do this <laughs> so he's trying to fight against the people who are trying to end the world and it's kind of about him and he starts writing protest music and sitting on the streets and trying to get people to rally around his cause and he's just kind of the best okay so all through it's like you're just a good guy and i apparently that's my thing um right. So Kenji, he's... What would, what would you have said if I said you can't have manga? Um, I would have just panicked. And, uh, right, that's fine. I thought you might have had an alternative. Um, I wanted to have an alternative. I, I agonised over it, but it was already, like, <laughs> about one in the morning that I'm writing these answers down. I'm like, who, who's my, you know, first alternate for this? Right. Um, oh, I, I think I've got, like, a team of eight or 12 alternates for, for if, uh, yeah. you know, if, I, if, if my sculptor was like, nope, can't do something... <laughs> Because, you know, with this imaginary sculptor, he he can have quite a tough job. Well, yeah, we've given him some challenges. We have. Um, I mean, how do you do Booster Gold's goggles? They're see-through. That's it. It's quite hard um, if you're a sculptor. That's right. Um, It was one of those things where I feel like you could probably ask me this question, like, every day, and I'll give you a slightly different answer. (laughs) Just, you know, keep it random every time. But um, there's a lot of good comic book characters. Yeah, that's the thing. And it makes you think, doesn't it? I kind of wanted it to be representative as well. It's like I didn't want to go for too much Marvel or DC. Yeah. Or, I mean, you said Tim 21, and I think that's, that's a really him. solid I choice. Tim 21, I mean, bless him. Tim 21, He's um, the best. Tulsa, Driller, they're all good choices. It was, it was Tim or Driller. I, I, I did think about Driller, because I like Driller. This is from uh, Descender, for those yeah, that yeah. aren't obsessed with Jeff Lemire, like <laughs> I am, and I think yeah, you are I a little bit as well. well. Everyone else will come around eventually. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope. Yeah, you should. Re- read Descender. Read Descender, that's good too. 
But read Descender first. Read Descender first. Then read Descender. Anyway, we, we, we got distracted again. <laughs> I call this a tangent tornado. Let's move back on to your interview questions and dream TV show. What would be your dream TV show based on a comic book and who would you cast in the main roles? Okay, well, again, agonised over this. Yeah, obviously. but if you remember, I chose Thunderstrike because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I had forgotten about that, but yeah. now. I'm so you, you know, you don't have always to. Always going to know that about you. Yeah, and you, you, it's like you don't. You, you now know that you've not got much to live up to. True. Fair. Okay. That, that makes it easier. And this, this is actually a harder question these days. There's quite a lot of stuff has been converted for the telly. Yeah. So a, a lot of the good ideas, like oh, they already made that. Like Runaways was one that I was like. Runaways is sublime. And they've done that, so I can't. Yeah. I mean, I could just take credit for that and be like, well, that's who I would have cast. Good yeah. job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, the end of the interview section of the show. <laughs> I, I do have answers. I go on, to God, I have answers. Um, so, I was going to go Booster and Blue Beetle. Okay. And then, obviously, I listened to Fraser. Who went who Booster and Blue Beetle. <laughs> stole my thoughts from me. Um, and this could be, this could be incidental, but... So I went through all the comics I have, and I'm like, what would I like to see? Mm. And settled on Infinite Vacation. Okay, So kind yeah. of image comic about trading lives with alternate versions of you. I loved Infinite Vacation. It's a really good comic. It'd make a good film or TV show or I some such. I think so. And this might be heavily influenced by the fact that I was watching Good Omens at the time. Right. But I think David Tennant is the right person to be Mark. He's going to be a little bit too, too old for it. That's fine. He looks great. No, you I mean he's, he's what, 45, something like that, maybe a little bit older? Something like that, But yeah. he looks about 30. True, and, yeah. And he's hot. He looks younger than me. And, and he's hot. And you, for, you can be forgiven for being old if you're hot. Fair. That's me being really shallow, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but... Eh. But no, if it, Vacation, why hasn't it been made into a TV show or film yet? It's, it seems really doable. Yeah. And you'd, got the, you'd have the thing of, so you'd have David Tennant playing, you know, good guy him, and then evil villain him and all, yeah. all these weird and wonderful alternates of and isn't one of them a furry if I remember rightly I mean probably yeah because it's just all the different possibilities of what you and, could have been in life and as a as a um, as a part for an actor getting to play all these different alternative versions of someone that will either be a nightmare or lots and lots and lots of fun yeah certainly a challenge a, a really specifically weird challenge because, like, you're a slightly different version of you in this scene, and here's why. And I think, I think you're right. It needs someone with acting chops, and yeah, David so Tennant has that definitely level yeah. of chops. Can't cast any of the other characters in it because no. it's just too difficult. But no. luckily, I've managed to get by with him being most of the characters in Infinite Vacation. Oh yeah, so job done. But oh. that's that's what I want. I want it too. <laughs> oh, I want it a lot. Why has no one adapted that? Netflix has got that Dark Horse contract. Can someone get an image contract and then just make Infinite Vacation, please? Amazon Prime or or Now TV or... Whoever, just someone. Yeah, just someone. someone. Someone go, millions of pounds to Image Comics, let us make all your stuff. And, and, and I feel like there's a lot of other image titles people probably want to do first, but Infinite Vacation's the one. Yeah. Infinite, uh, Infinite uh, Vacation's the money. I'm not sure it's the money, but it would be bloody brilliant. Good choice. Yeah, I stand by it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for that, Zach. We are going to go into the news. I need photos of Spider-Man. 
with the sound of J. Jonah Jameson and a YouTube copyright hit, it's time for the news. Every week, YouTube copyright hit. Um, <laughs> I'm so bitter. It takes like eight hours to upload the um, show to YouTube. And then within t- like 15 seconds, I get an email saying you've got a copyright hit for that Bruno Mars thing. Anyway, it's time for the news. Uh, we need a new jingle. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird week. We've got a few bits and bobs, but nothing like super, super major that's we either haven't discussed maybe before or um or, or, or a big big news thing. Should we talk first about the countdown thing? We actually found out what that was. The Twitter. The Twitter thing where everyone got so excited they thought they were going to have, like, Spider-Man 4. I don't know why that was anyone's first People thought. are strange. But it, it, it took over, didn't it? Somehow, yeah. And then it came down to, like, a webbed 3, a webbed 2, and a webbed 1. Unfortunately, by the time I recorded it, it hadn't announced yeah. what it was actually a countdown to. And am I the only person who thinks it's a bit of an anticlimax? Um, I am significantly underwhelmed, yeah. I... You know, so you're underwhelmed, you're not whelmed. I... D- I don't know what I expected. I guess that's it seemed like they were going to go for something massive, and instead I'm just like... I think... Yeah, I okay, think, I guess. I think it's unfortunate that everyone grasped on the idea of something as yeah. big as Spider-Man Force, the Sam Raimi thing. And then it was just the announcement of a guy writing some comics. Which, and you know, it's quite an impressive guy. It's J.J. Abrams and... And his son, son Henry. And yeah, I didn't even know his son's name. He, his son is irrelevant. Who, who, who cares about Jaden Smith? You know, Will Smith, great actor. Jaden Smith, kid. I mean, maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. Maybe. Um, but you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. I, just, I, I was underwhelmed, like you were. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm. J.J. Abrams is a huge writer. But I mean, it is, it is a massive coup that they've got him for Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. I don't care about his son. His son, as far as I know, hasn't written anything good. I don't think he's written anything. I think this is like a, hey, you, you can do comics with me kind of thing. Which is, is it, it's nice as a kind of... How old is he? Is he like five? Is he like... I think he's a teenager. He's a teen... For goodness sake. I, I haven't really researched uh, Young Henry quite enough. Uh, I'm, 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 I've done zero research. I haven't, because but... I'm not interested in him. If it was J.J. Abrams, I'd be much happier than yeah. if they said J.J. Abrams and son. They've, they've announced, though, that um, so the artist is uh, Sarah Pacelli, who did uh, you know some of the Miles Morales, yeah, yeah. Spidey, and other so stuff. a great Marvel. combination, so potentially. She's a good artist, and... Mm, mm. JJ's written some good stuff, so maybe it could Has be... Has JJ Abrams written any comics before, do you know? Uh, I think this is his first one, mm. but uh, it's a limited series. I think it's like five or six issues. We've got a new villain called Cadaverous. Cadaverous? Which sounds like a band name I would have floated at some point and never yeah. really done. We're not being called that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've um, heard some interesting band names, significantly more offensive than that, but um, we, we, we won't name them because we're a family-friendly show. This is correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I guess it is big news, in a sense, and big news because so many people kind of dived on the webbed four. Yeah, it, it was big know. news, but yeah, I do feel like it was overhyped because people pounced on it. Yeah, but that's not Marvel's fault. Really. No, no, it's just successful marketing, which I guess, cool. Yeah, and I, I assume they're very happy that the that lots and lots of people were looking at their stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, 
I'll probably put it on pull or pass as a thing. But... I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to probably read it just out of curiosity yeah. alone. Um, maybe it's bigger news than we're being we're giving it credit for because we've both said we're going to read it. Yeah, maybe we we just set the bar too high, um, but without knowing what we were going to get. So mm, mm. maybe we were never going to be happy. No, I mean, what could they have announced? I don't know. The kind of all the requirements I wanted from Spider Man, they've already done. You know, they brought back Ben Riley. They gave us more Spider Ham. <laughs> See, I don't want any more Spider Ham. Spider Ham can. Go away. Boo. For spider self-editing there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it is. Let's move on. What else have we got? We've got... Um, there was a uh, trailer for Batman Hush, another um, one of DC Comics' animated universe. And um, the, I'm not going to spoil it because... I think it's worth watching the trailer. There's a major, there's a major reveal in the trailer, which looks quite cool. But obviously we can't talk about it because this, it's quite difficult with the news because I don't want to spoil people too much. Uh, you should yeah. watch the Hush trailer. It does look very interesting. And the new villain, um, there's a mystery to him, which is cool. What, yeah. did, what did you think of the trailer? I can't remember it that well, but I think that's a testament to me probably watching it in the middle of the night. Yeah. But... Um, I think it looks cool. Yeah. Um, Do you watch much of the DC Animated Universe stuff? I haven't seen that much. I've seen little bits. I saw the Assault on Arkham from a few years ago. Yeah. I saw that. Killing Um, Joke was odd. Killing Joke was odd. (laughs) Killing Joke was definitely odd. But the Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was fun. I've not seen that yet, but I heard your review of it, and I'm curious. It's fun. Um, And I I do feel like the stuff that they do animated tends to be better than their films. (laughs) On occasion, yeah. The, the films is... I think there's less consistency but mm. with the animated. It tends to work. But the, the, the trailer looks really cool. And it, um, I'm not sure when it's being released. I don't think it actually had a release date on it. No, not that I remember. And so I'm guessing there's probably going to be one more trailer before they release it. Yeah, but they, they've really pushed for this one. So I think it's one that they really seem to care about. I guess it's one of the bigger comics for Batman. I, obviously, they're all big Batman comics, but Hush. Yeah. I think a lot. Hush is probably a lot of people's first Batman book because it yeah. has so many villains in it. I think it's an easy one to kind of go, here, read some Batman. Mm. It's Hush. But, but I am, I am, I'm very much excited about this, and I, I, I think it's something I will um, actually go out of my way to watch because the trailer was really cool. Yeah, fair. Right, we're going to talk about another trailer. Um. The Boys trailer. I have, I'll be honest, it wasn't a oh, comic yeah. that I'd heard yeah. of. But, oh my goodness, how good does this look? <laughs> what were I, your thoughts? I, I have mixed feelings, because the trailer looks good, but I do hate The Boys. Oh, okay, have you read it? Um, and you don't like the book? I read the first trade a couple of months ago, because I, I have so many friends who are like, this is their favourite comic of all time. And... After people telling me that for like a couple of years, I'm like, okay, I'll go and read it. Well, that's always quite a, a difficult thing when people yeah, are so, so you, into you, something. You guys are really into this. I'll try it. Yeah, um, it's it's very very Garth Ennis. It's, it's is that a problem? I quite like Garth Ennis. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is pretty extreme, and some of it is just like. This is extreme because you can be extreme. Yes, and uh, again, I, I I have always been fond of yeah. I mean, that kind that, of that's thing. your wheelhouse. You, yeah. yeah. That's where you live. <laughs> so this is probably why I'm excited about it and you're not, I think by the, tra- the sounds of things. I think the trailer looks 
better than the the comic is, but I it's like the Preacher TV show. Mm. I like more than Preacher as a comic. Oh, what's wrong with you? I'm right. <laughs> no, the Preacher TV show is ace, but the comics. Are I, I just, just feel like masterpiece. Amazon kind of go, okay, Gaff, let's let's ditch this because no, and let's just rein this in a little bit so it's more palatable to the oh absolutely real right world. and I, 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 I much prefer stuff like the walking dead and preacher that are inspired by the comic books because you yeah. don't know what's coming i much prefer that than a direct adaptation i'm not i'm not suggesting that the the, the preacher isn't good but the comics are just a masterpiece in my I mean, opinion I, I i appreciate that and i do like preacher i just i like the tv show more maybe I just like, enough i like the cast because i i can't remember which the pretty woman. No, the vampire guy whose name escapes. Oh, me. the guy from Misfits whose name I can't remember he, either. He'll always be Eli Dingle from Emmerdale to me. Oh, okay, right. Well, he he was from Misfits for me. He, yeah. he replaced the hot guy in Misfits by, and he was less hot, and so I remember him because he was less hot. I mean, I'm so shallow. A bit of a harsh review of a person. But. I didn't say he wasn't <laughs> hot. I just said less hot. But, um, okay, yeah. And, but, 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 but the hot guy was um, in. Oh, what's, what's his name? The pretty one, the Irish guy who was in Misfits and Umbrella Academy. Oh, um... Pretty man. Yeah, Klaus from the Umbrella Academy. Yes, that's his, right. His name escapes me. But we know who he is, though. So if you, anybody who replaces him would would be not as pretty. OK, yeah, fair. I'll, I'll allow it. We, we have Tangent Tornadoes <laughs> again. Uh, there, there was some, I, I thought there were some fantastic lines. Um, I'm the world's greatest superhero. I can do whatever the bleep I want and I was just like yeah that's what I'd be like if I was a superhero <laughs> which is why I should never be a superhero yeah, I think that's what we've learned today <laughs> but yeah I think the, I think the boys does look good um, I think it will address a lot of things that I didn't really like about the comic as, as, and and as, you'll as, probably love the comic though so. I, I think I probably will from uh, seeing that trailer but as, <laughs> as, um, as a trailer I liked how gory it was because sometimes they shy away from that in trailers and yeah they, 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 it was definitely a statement of intent and then they played the Spice Girls I mean I ain't against that and I was just like a comic book film about superheroes <laughs> featuring wannabe by the Spice Girls and I was like do you know what 100% sold. I'm quite excited about this show. So I'm just seeing now if you get to pick the soundtrack for a comic book film, it's probably going to be 90s pop. Oh, mate. There'd, 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 be, there'd be Tiffany, there'd be Tony Basil, there'd be... Wait a minute, it would be the Umbrella Academy soundtrack. Let's be honest. Not a bad thing. No. <laughs> That's a, this is the thing. We, we're so spoilt with cool stuff that... The, the question we had earlier in the show about what's your dream TV show has actually become much more difficult because it's probably look at made. all the cool stuff we're getting. And I'm very excited for the boys. What else have we got? Oh, yeah. The Batman film is 30 years old. Yeah, it is. That made me feel ancient. I went to the cinema to see Batman. I mean, the, the first Batman I saw in the cinema was forever. So. Which is a great no. film. Yeah, yeah, forever, yeah, forever. I stand by it. Yeah, um, <laughs> Batman Forever was kind of well. I I remember Batman Forever for the theme tune more than anything. You too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but uh, but uh, uh, which was actually going to be one of my choices for songs to play this week, and I decided against it. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I've, I've played it before, so you so you're in uh, you're in company that's. Uh, <laughs> 
I was going to say good company, but that's probably not true. The um, but the the thing, other than making me feel old, it's just made me want to watch Batman again. Yeah, I think maybe 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 we should watch Batman and like do like a thirty years on review. Does does it hold up? Kind of thing. Let's do that. Let's definitely do that. We should do that. That does involve you coming on again next week. I could probably give that a go. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'll have you on next week. And um, the last bit of news is that we have got Jessica Jones Series 3. And having said last week, oh, I'm not sure how much Jessica Jones I'll be able to watch. I'm busy. I've watched the whole thing. I binged it all in a week. I- I'm glad someone has. <laughs> have you not watched any at all? Um, it's worse than that. Well, And it's that I went to w- watch it the other day after we talked about it. Yeah. And realised I've not watched season two yet. Ooh, wow. <laughs> um, and I don't know how I've just skipped that, because I, I'm up to date on, like, a bunch of other things, but well, I me, also don't think I've seen Iron Fist season two either, so I think there's just certain things I've skipped. Iron Fist season two was a significant improvement on season one, and Jessica Jones series one, I think... I it's right up there with one and three of Daredevil as my favourites of the the whole run. Um, okay, yeah. The series two of Jessica Jones is one of the weakest. Um, I would probably say it's as weak as the first series of Iron Fist. I mean, that's not a great review. But series three of Jessica Jones, in my opinion, it, it was flawed and it was perhaps a little bit bloated, but I thought it was sublime. Okay. Um, minimal spoilers. Um, there was some fun stuff like um, Trish trying on the original Hellcat outfit, which we've seen in Luke Cage before, okay, yeah, trying yeah. in the original Luke Cage outfit. That was fun. And there was some cool stuff with parallel stories. So two episodes that kind of like ran against one before the other showed two different characters' perspectives of okay, meeting yeah, at like a point. And I like stuff like that. And what I, I, it, felt, it felt to me like there was a much more of a focus on the detective element of Jessica Jones's character okay, rather than cool. the superhero element, which series two tended to focus more on the superhero element. Mm. In by its very nature, her superpowered mum turned up, and um, I, I felt like Jessica Jones's strength is the detective part of it. And yeah, the, it's the, the strongest part of the character. The characters are strong and flawed and focusing on that was the um was was brilliant the bad guy is just clever he's not going to superpowers okay and he still ends up running rings around jessica jones which i loved Mm. that's the only spoiler i'm going to say by the way and um but it did feel like um series two of uh Iron Fist benefited from being cut down from 13 to 10 episodes. Yeah. It did feel a bit padded. I think that's been the thing with a few different Netflix series. Yeah. It could be three episodes short, and that would be yeah. pretty and, okay. And the fact that they did that with Iron Fists, they could have done that with Jessica Jones. And yeah. There was one particular episode where it felt like a Friends clip show. That was, okay, that was poor. Um, you, know, you know how like a Friends clip show at films maybe six or eight minutes of new footage and then yeah, puts clips in. It felt like that for one of the episodes of uh, of the show. And that would be probably be my strongest criticism is th- that it okay. felt padded. And, um, but, I don't know. There was, uh, it felt like a proper end for Jessica Jones, which I didn't feel like I got for any of the other characters. Yeah. But Daredevil very much felt, felt like it just stopped being there. Yeah. And, so, yeah. There was more stories to tell about Luke Cage with his yeah, new yeah. job. And um, what, uh, maybe not Iron Fist, but um, 
What, 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 what's the um, sword woman called? The, the really Colleen Wing. Colleen. It felt like there was so much more to tell about Colleen. Yeah. And, and, and Misty, to be honest with you. That um, Jessica Jones is the only series I feel satisfi- satisfied with the ending. But okay. they had the advantage of hindsight knowing that that was yeah, their they, last they season. So it's unfair to say, well, they didn't do it on any of the shows because they didn't know. But Yeah, of course, yeah. But it was. I'd like to think we will get some follow-up on. Did we settle on? Is it Defenderverse, Defender? Uh, yeah, Defenderverse. I think people have called it. I, I would like to see some kind of ultimate bringing together and conclusion of that. I don't think we will. But yeah, I, I think Disney Plus is more towards um, the the children's and family-friendly stuff. Yeah. And I I wouldn't want these shows watered down. No, of course not. Yeah. To fit on that. So I think I'd prefer nothing to a watered-down version. But if they, if they can do more, I'd love to see more. Um, and we've seen shows that got cancelled get picked up by another network. Yeah, of I course. mean, Netflix has done it themselves with Lucifer, which yeah. was brilliant, by the way. Series mm. 4 was brilliant, and I loved it. And I'm very excited for Season 5. But, yeah, Jessica Jones... The, 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 I think, yes, it... It was much, much better than Series 2, but it, it felt a little bloated, but it was a satisfying end to the whole thing, I think. Okay, that's cool. But um, that is the news, as far as I have. If you have any thoughts on what we've discussed, we've got our Facebook chatty group, Malarkey. You can tweet us. I'm not as good as at the social media plugging, as Fraser is. But, yeah, talk to us on Facebook. Talk to us on Twitter and keep chatting. I would be interested to know other people's opinions on Jessica Jones. But, of course, I'm probably in the minority that's binged it all in a few days. It seems like it is just you, but... Yeah. I'm sure there's someone else out there who has. There's one other person. Just the two of you, yeah. You guys should hang out more. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked about Batman quite a lot. We've talked about the 30th anniversary of Batman. Zach... Who is your Batman? I mean, it's probably George Clooney. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Have you... This was this was <laughs> supposed to be a lead for you to say you've written a song about it. Have oh, you right. written a song about George Clooney? Uh, yes. For goodness sake. <laughs> uh, I, I assumed I'd just say George Clooney and bam, the song would be on right there. Right, <laughs> right. So, okay, we'll do it that way. Okay. Who's your Batman? Probably George Clooney. Bam!
they're all my Batman. Welcome back to Geek of the Week. That was George Clooney is my Batman by Z.M. Whittaker. That's you. That is me, yeah. You wrote that and made it for this show. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I um, wanted to write a kind book song and went in a really weird direction with it. Why George Clooney? Um, I guess because of the age I was when Batman and Robin came out, I'm way more fond of it than other people are. So, <laughs> so, so uh, everyone else is pretty pretty constantly telling me that it was bad and like Batman Forever was bad and that these films were bad. But for me, it's always like, yeah, but were they? And I'm like, yes, yeah. No, I, to, to write the song, I rewatched the um, Batman and Robin. You didn't. How else do you quote it so accurately? I mean, I guess Google, but <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I forced uh, my girlfriend to watch that. Um, Did she like it? Um, she didn't hate it, but really? she didn't like it. Right. Like, she, I don't think, you know, if I forced her, if I'm like, hey, let's watch a Batman film, she'd be like, oh yeah, Batman and Robin. <laughs> um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. You know, but, um, all those Arnieisms in that film, like Ice to Meet You, apparently they're all baloney and like he hardly says any of the cheese. I, I, he, there's one bit where he just keeps icing people and just keeps saying chill. <laughs> It's like, chill, right. chill. Yeah, yeah. Chill. But but that's not quite the ice to meet you. Ice Apparently to meet you doesn't exist. There. But what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Oh, yeah, that's there. Is that actually there? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, oh Nick. That's a gem, you know. There's also a bit where he gives, um, gives Batman the cure for Alfred's disease and just goes, take the two of these and call me in the morning. And that... That's Brilliant. Just, that's just good. Uh, uh, good is an interesting interpretation. Uh, don't worry, I've, I've tried to defend this for like the last two weeks, having written the song, and I've come up with things like, well, they, they really nail the relationship between Bruce and Robin, where he just doesn't trust anyone but Alfred. And no right. one, that's in there. I'm sure it's it not is. well done. But <laughs> it's there. They they clearly were like, ah, oh, well, what's Bruce Wayne like? like? He doesn't trust anyone. He has issues. Like, right, let's write that in for just this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, there's a nice arc there about Bruce Wayne learning to trust and learning that he needs the, the Bat family. It, right. It's just that that arc's not the focus because, you know, Bane's there just doing stuff. and Yeah, he wasn't a very good Bane, was he? Um, well, as the song says, you know. <laughs> as your song says. Wait, did I keep that line? I might have dropped that line because it was garbage. But uh... <laughs> where, where is this song available to download, Zach? Th this song is available at... Uh, zmwitzker.bandcamp zmwitzker just do better yeah. self-promotion one second I, I I made my whole <laughs> own advert for my celebrant business and you don't even know your website I I, I know the broad strokes do, um, do, do better at, at self-promotion well you're not right you're not googling it we're going to do pull or pass I'm right there I'm ready <laughs> oh. It's like Fraser's in the studio, but he's not. <laughs> but I am. You are. Hello. <laughs> we have. We are now moving on to Pull Up Pass, which is sponsored by Travelling Man. They have shops in York, Newcastle, Leeds, and the best city in Britain, Manchester. Not that I'm biased. 
but he is. I am totally biased. I live here and it's brilliant. And um, they are they sponsor us by helping us out by getting us all the comics that we want to talk about on the air. And they are brilliant. They are super helpful. And they are. Um, they want me to tell you about the Manchester Comic Con in Manchester. They've got a stall there. So come to Manchester Comic Con on the 27th and or 28th of July and say hello to Travelling Man and say that, hey, I listen to Geek of the Week. You should definitely sponsor them forever and ever. Maybe. <laughs> um, and also they want to let you know about Small Press Day on the 13th of July where um, they'll be doing some cool stuff in store supporting local British indie comics. Yes. I'm going to go to both of those because, you know, they both sound well good. Manchester Comic Con uh, was really, really good last year. There was much more kind of indie creators. Mm. And Are you going like this year? Uh, yeah, probably for one day. Um, I'm, I'm going on the Saturday. And okay. um, if anyone recognises me, feel free to come and say hello. But I will be doing bad cosplay with 18 scouts. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, do tell. I'm taking my scout group to Comic-Con because why wouldn't I do that? And what are you going as? Oh, I'm not telling you that. Oh. Uh, we're, not, we're not, like, themed or anything. Everyone's okay. just, like, going as whatever they like. I'll probably end up with, like, 10, like, tiny... Who's that? Who's Joker's girlfriend? Harley, Harley Quinn's. I'm fully in with ten of them, and that's just the boys. And um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to what my kids are going to come up with. My kids, my scout group is what I mean. So, so, <laughs> someone actually said to me the other day, "How many kids have you got?" The answer is none. But what I did say to them was thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about scouts. We're talking about pull or pass. Um, let's talk about. We, we picked this week. We picked. Picked at the end of your tether, Wolverine, Exit Wounds, and Marilyn Manor. What would you like to talk about first, Zach? Well, those aren't the notes I'm looking at, so... <laughs> you made notes about that, but you didn't make notes about self-promotion. It's zmwhitaker.bandcamp.com. Good. Forward slash George Clooney is my Batman. Good. Download his stuff. Anyway, what do you <laughs> want to talk about? Um, I mean, let's go Marilyn Manor. Marilyn Manor. Okay. What did you think about Marilyn Manor? Um, where to begin? I <laughs> I didn't really know what I was going to get going into. Like I, we'd read the description. Well, I had. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. There was, you know, president's daughter has party in White House, which sounded quite fun. Um, yeah, quite fun. Um, very eighties aesthetic, which was quite cool. Yeah, uh, I think. Um, what's she called there? Molly Zarcones, Zarconi, Zarcones. Um, artwork kind of really works with the 80s style. I thought um, so. I do really like her art, though, but um, this is a weird thing that I like. Every time she draws eyes, the pupils are like the tiniest little dot, and it's really creepy, but I like that. I will um, have to re-look at that. That wasn't <laughs> something that I, I immediately spotted, but I will re-look at that and go, oh, he's right. I've read other things that she's drawn, so I think I'm, I knew that going in. Right. But, um, yeah, kind of... I don't know. Interesting, I guess. And I thought that the um, the 80s fashion and look was, was spot on. Yeah. They got everything, that, at least, they got everything that people remember about the 80s. Of course, yeah. And the the 80s were very vivid in like, the, the neon colours and the, the, the attitudes and everything. But I, I'm pretty sure the 80s wasn't like that, but everybody thinks it was. I... There's a band called The Vaselines that released a song a few years ago called I Hate the 80s uh, that just talks about how the 80s wasn't all Duran Duran. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we very much see the Duran Duran side of the 80s in this. 
Yes, absolutely <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, that's that's my memory of the eighties. I was very, very young in the eighties. I was born in seventy eight. So you know, by the by the time the eighties finished, I was only twelve. And um, it was that is Duran. the hey, and it was all Duran Duran. It was all Duran Duran <laughs> and Aha and weird schoolboy crushes I didn't understand on Morton Harkett. And it was. Um, Oh, that Morton Harkett. <laughs> he's still hot and he's like 70. <laughs> oh. Anyway. It, I, but like I say, but before I got distracted by Morton Harkett's beauty, this, um... How many times can you say Morton Harkett? For those of you that don't know the 80s, Morton Harkett was the lead singer of Aha. Um... And I've lost my track. <laughs> and I've also broken Zach. This is why I should do stuff on my own. I'm all serious and, and sound bored on my own. But when there's someone to talk to, I get obsessed about Morton Harkett. <laughs> but anyway, it got it's the 80s... It's just a funny name, isn't it? It's a good name. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, it got the 80s vibe, right? That, that two minutes of Morton Harkett obsession was basically me saying that it was well good at depicting the 80s. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I actually quite liked it, though. I... Um... I have no idea where it's going to go as a series. I think it's yeah, just hard to judge. I feel like they're kind of trying to go into, like, presidential history. Her friend is um, possessed by the ghost of Abe Lincoln. Which is... Which was just... Peculiar. I assumed was a joke, and then they just kind of committed to it, like, no, she is. She's I'm actually... Like, oh, okay. She actually shares a body with Abraham Lincoln. And I'm like, oh, She that's... just knows things about the White House. And I'm like, oh, that's mental actually but alright it was a silly and fun concept and I, I, I think is it a limited series or is it ongoing um, I honestly don't know I, it I needs to be limited I assume it would be limited because yeah it needs to be limited there isn't I don't know how far you can take it yeah but um, it's like a six issue thing maybe yeah maybe um, I'm, I'm intrigued but I'll be honest I didn't other than the aesthetic I didn't really engage with it Okay. But you, you, you seem to have enjoyed um, it more than I did. Talking about it now, I think I enjoyed it more than I thought I did, yeah. Right. I, um, last night I was like, this is kind of, you know, light-hearted and a bit throwaway almost. But yeah. Now looking back on it, I could probably read some more Marilyn Manor. So is it a pull or is it a pass for you? I mean, I'm, I'm very much like you and I don't actually pull that many things, mm. but... Yeah, maybe this is a pull for me, just out of curiosity. I don't know how long I'd stick with it for if it isn't a limited series, mm. but sure, why not? Let's pull this. I, I, I think it's 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 close, but for me, it's a pass. But I might borrow yours. <laughs> is that an option you put? So you've no. you gone from adding trade as an option to oh, I'll borrow it from oh, someone I, else. I know, and Fraser tells me off. He wants he wants it black and white. Life how, how, isn't black and white. Life is shades of grey. How upset will he be if he comes back and you've changed it to pull past trade borrow? Ooh, <laughs> I, 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 I think I don't think he'd talk to me. So welcome to pull past trade or borrow. <laughs> We have spent the whole of this show trolling the guy who is thousands of miles away. Uh, uh, I stand by it. Yeah. Let's talk about at the end of your tether. Yeah. This is why um, I hadn't even heard of this comic company, but you were, like, singing their praises. Tell me about them. Um, well, Lionforge kind of seems to do quite a weird mix of things, so they translate a lot of European comics. Okay. Um, but then they also seem to kind of do stuff that's pretty much like borderline small press I think this falls into it feels very small press yes. and like very independent um, but then they do a lot of all ages books as well I think they've got I think something like 
Lion's Cub or something like that. They've all everything's Lion. Oh, right. So this, yeah, this yeah. is Lion Forge Raw, and then they've got. So is Raw grown-up stuff? Or? Um, I'm not sure. I I know all the different like things exist, but I'm not sure what each one. I know Lion Cub or whatever it is like the. Mm. But it's it's nice to do then. like a proper proper indie because arguably. Yeah. Image isn't really an indie anymore, or Dark Horse Yeah, they're a bit too mainstream. I wouldn't go as far as mainstream. Maybe not mainstream, but... but um, they're, they're, they're popular enough that do they count as an indie anymore? When does something stop becoming indie? I mean, it's a good question. I, yeah. I, I, I don't I, have an answer. I mean, technically, as soon as you've got a publisher, I guess you're not indie. But some things feel still feel very underground and... Yeah. Um, but Lion Forge is, is a so they do have a superhero universe. Mm. Um, I think it's all the I think it's Catalyst Prime was the name of the universe. But um, I've I've not delved a lot into that. But they tried to be no. they, they they wanted that to be quite diverse and representative. They had a character who um, had Down syndrome who was a superhero, and they, okay. were, they were trying to do like different things and not just give you the same kind of superhero all the time. That would either be superb or. The, the, the problem is it could end up being offensive. Um, the comic's actually called Superb. Um, is it? Good grief. <laughs> um, Look at that. I'm going to go. That's, I think wow. that, that's it. We've wrapped up there. I'm interested in that. I'm definitely um, interested in that. But, yeah, they, um, they've got some interesting ideas going on and they're clearly trying to do a lot of different things, which is it's interesting. Anyway, well, should we actually talk about the book we read, though? I suppose. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that immediately struck me was how good quality it was compared to, like, your standard Marvel and DC. Yeah, it's like a heavy, heavy single issue. Yeah, like a heavy cardboard card cover and much more uh, better quality paper. And uh, the cover art was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it's so it's, a, it's one of three. I think it's three issues. Yeah, it's only a three-issue limited series. It, it was a long issue, though. Yeah, so it'll, it will end up being three... It'll be, it'll be trade-sized. Yeah, at three meaty three meaty comics making one trade, you're absolutely right. Yeah. But um, the cover art was brilliant, and unfortunately, I didn't like the com- the art inside. <laughs> yeah, I think the interior art was quite different. Uh, too different, too different. And it, it felt like you'd got, like, um, this quality indie art on the outside, and then when you got in, it was Archie. And yeah. Uh, I'm not fond of Archie. I, occasionally they surprise me with something good. Yeah. But I, I'm not fond of Archie, and I'm certainly not fond of the Archie style. The, the, this obviously is a matter of taste, but I think the the incongruence between the inside art and the outside art was to its detriment. It, I think it was off-putting compared to what you actually got, because it yeah. was so different. Mm. Um, I didn't mind the art inside, but I, I guess I'm more accepting of Archie than you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Afterlife is still the best Archie, but yeah, and I, I didn't, I didn't not, I didn't dislike Afterlife. I didn't think it was particularly original, but no. that doesn't matter to me so much. But um, yeah, I think the art was one of the big things. Like, okay, this is not the same as I expected. No, um, but story-wise, I it was weird because like the first third of the issue, I was like, I don't think I care about this, and then right. the more I read, I'm like, do I care about this? Have you, have you won me over in like a kind of subtle? Yeah. I'm not really interested, but maybe I am. Why, you know? Mm. I don't mm. know how, if you felt like that. Um, what did you think of its depiction of the 90s? Oh, good God, it was set in the 90s. See, that's <laughs> the thing. It felt like my my 90s 
um, was very different to the American 90s that it depicted. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like that. But that's, again, that's, that's, that's hardly fair because I am fundamentally British. Yeah, you know, I, I can't change my Britishness any more than they can change their Americanness. But I, I don't know, something like Captain Marvel got everybody's 90s right. Yeah. Whereas I felt that this was too... This wasn't the 90s I remembered. And I remember it's the 90s. Spice Girls. Well, maybe. Exactly. But I'm... Um, you know, my, my teenage years and my early 20s were in the 90s. And so, you know, I, I, I know the yeah. 90s really well and remember them very, very fondly. And it just didn't quite feel like my 90s. The Spice Girls, George Clooney's Batman. Well, quite. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, legitimately, until you just said it, I hadn't realised that it was set in the 90s. And I spotted a gaff, a um, gaff that really bothered me. I've realised now that obviously it was set in the nineties. They were using cassette tapes. Yep. Um, but the I, I just thought they were hipster. Vinyl <laughs> <laughs> and cassettes. <laughs> but no, the uh, the gaff that I spotted was um, they showed a Super Nintendo game cartridge. Yep. And then passed then one of the characters passed the other character a NES controller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know I'm not very good at spotting gaffs. I didn't spot the Game of Thrones cup of um, no. cup of Starbucks. It's not there. But it's, I it's did. All, it's all lies. But I, th- I immediately spotted that. I mean, obviously, it's my niche. I like games. I've always, and uh, particularly '90s games. I had a NES. I had a Super NES. Uh, and uh, but I, I think that the controllers are pretty iconic for video games. Yeah. And to get that wrong is, that's, yeah, it bothered me. Mm. Bothered me quite a lot. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's... I'm, I'm, I'm not... I don't tend to normally care about gaffes, but this was something that I'm quite... I care about, if that makes sense. So I didn't care about the Game of Thrones coffee cup, because, eh. That is funny, though. It is quite funny. But this was... This, I don't know. I guess for, for comic something book that's... geekery and video games, you tend to like... People who like them like, tend to like the others... Yeah, and for something that was in, intended to be 90s, like having yeah. cassettes and stuff like yeah. that, I guess it's it's a difference you should have taken cassettes into consideration. Were more, cassettes were more contemporary of uh, the NES, and the, by, the, by the time we had the Super Nintendo, people were starting to buy um, CDs. Yeah. So if it was cassettes, it probably should have been a NES game that they showed rather than a... Anyway, I'm being... I'm, uh, am I being unfair? Am I being mean? I mean, it's it's a minor detail in a like fifty-page issue, but yes, if it's still something that you know irked you this much, it did irk <laughs> me. What a nice word! It definitely irked me. <laughs> um, how did you feel about the issue, though? Irking aside, it was okay. I didn't love it, um, and it spent ninety percent of it not being supernatural, and then the cliffhanger was supernatural, and I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I feel about that. I mean, I, I loved spoilers. Dusk till dawn. Although not really spoilers. It's been out twenty years. Dusk, Dusk till dawn had like the the, the massive twist where it was seventy five percent road movie, then suddenly vampire movie. Yeah. And I really liked that. I guess. I don't know why I didn't like it so much when it happened here. What did you think about that? Um. It kind of came from out of nowhere. Yeah. It was It was very much, we're going on. The, the time jumps were a bit like, okay, time is changing. Cool. Yeah. Um, which was one thing, but then the kind of cliffhanger of, 
Oh, okay, so this is the cliffhanger we have. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's like... So the whole thing's like... Well, not the whole thing, but half of it sounds like a military... Yes. Estate. Oh, I don't know what else. Like base. A home base, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know if that was like meant to be a thing of like... So the time jumps happen, but they don't really acknowledge it, and it was kind of to tell, say that, you know, because life here is always the same. Yeah. Um, and if, but then, I don't know, I feel like... Maybe this is me needing to allocate more to the meaning behind it because there wasn't that much meaning. And then no. there's suddenly a cliffhanger that's like, or are things different here? Um, I'm not sure what I feel about no, this. No, I'm not. And um, I don't... I didn't, again, I very rarely dislike something completely that I read on Paul or Pass. But my... I'm because my pull has expanded exponentially since yeah. we started doing the segment. I'm now much more harsh, so this this is a this is a pass for me again, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'm in, I'm inclined to agree. It's it's one of those where I don't see myself buying it every no. month, but I I kind of want to see where it goes. Mm. And the, the thing is, uh, not that much. I can't see myself even picking up the trade on this one. I just didn't get into it enough. But would you borrow it? Um, probably not, because I've got a gigantic pile of comic books next to my bed, which is starting to become quite mountainous. Yeah, fair. And um, I, I just don't get round to reading it. I, um, yeah, I, I don't see me sticking with this. I, no. I think it's I think it's someone's cup of tea, but it's not mine. I think no, that's the thing. someone out there would love this. I just don't know who that is. Yeah, I think that's fair. So we'll move on to the final comic that we read this week, and that is... Wolverine Exit Wounds. Yes, what did you think of this? Um, not great things. Really? That's interesting. Um, I kind of didn't know what I was going to get going into it, which is like, I guess that's my catchphrase. Yeah. I well, didn't know what I took. That's kind of the point of Paul or Pass in um, a lot of ways. But I don't really know. It was... So it's three Wolverine stories from Wolverine Past. Yeah. Um, different creative teams all kind of... Yep. Classic, you know, Chris Claremont, the X Men guy, basically, yep. is back here. And what else? We've got Larry Hammer, Scott Eaton, Salvador La Roca. Well, yes, indeed. S- someone else. Other people. Sam Keith. But there was, um, yeah, so it was three short Wolverine stories in one, yeah. in one volume, one, one comic book volume. I felt, I mean, again, you're probably just a little bit too young for this. But um, are you too young to have ever read Marvel Comics Presents? Well, interestingly, they started a new Marvel Comics. They have relaunched it, but this, this is the classic <laughs> yeah, 90s. No, no, I've not read the 90s. Um, but I'm I, d- I did know that they've relaunched Marvel Comics Presents, and I haven't read it, so I don't know whether it stays true to the original form, which was... It was double-sided. One side was always Ghost Rider and someone else. The other side was always Wolverine and someone else. And each each story got eight pages. Yep. Some of them were one shots. Some of them were serials. Um, a bit kind of like Marvel 2000 AD in a way, mm. which frankly was brilliant. And I loved it. And it was one of the few that I could get easily um, when comics were really hard to get. And you had to rely on Comag in the 90s. Yeah. And I loved absolutely loved Marvel Comics Present and the Wolverine stories in this felt like something I would have seen in Marvel Comics Presents yeah so for me I think to some extent there's a real um, nostalgia nostalgia 
about it. They, they they did like huge runs of Weapon X in Marvel Comics Presents, for example. And um, I, 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 I kept. I, I, at one point, I was like, okay, so there's the Wolverine. Where's Brother Voodoo? Where's the Jack of Hearts? Where's the random rubbish superhero that they put? Eight- See, that I think I would have liked more. Yeah, I think I would have liked just. Uh, and here's Brother Voodoo, just cause. Yeah, um, um, it really, really gave me. This felt more nineties to me than at the end of your tether, it, yeah. it, because it was my nineties. Of course, yeah. Which yeah. again, that we talked about it being my, not my nineties in at the end of your tether, but this this was just pure nostalgia for me. That you know, the, an unusual crossover with Venom that was really kind of Marvel Comics presents a Weapon X story and then a yeah. random story that. I really liked it. Why didn't you like it? <laughs> I guess it's it's a good question. Um, good job. Uh, I um, I don't know. I I think for a lot of it, it felt like so. The the first story, which was uh, Red in Tooth and Claw. That's right. I, that's right. I made notes. Um, it, it felt like very much. Uh, well, we know Wolverine's origin is Weapon X. Let's just shoehorn in a little bit right here, just. I felt like there was there was a lot of obviously the benefit of Wolverine not really having a nailed down history is you can always go back and you know, well this happened yeah um, so that that first story just felt very much like uh, I'm sure this must have been told somewhere else right but I don't know it just felt very slotted in as a kind of more Wolverine sure why not um, well that's what yeah that that, that that's fair uh, that, that that's what the Marvel comics Marvel comics have done for thirty yeah. years with Wolverine. Um, and then we had the second story, Aftermath, um, about, you know, making ramen. <laughs> Which, you know... With the family of your dead Japanese wife and Kitty Pride. And, Which yeah. I, I think the sentiment was nice. That was the Claremont story. I think it yeah. felt... It works. Um, far less, you know, wolverine far more ramen. I, family. I think the problem... I, I, one of the issues I had with that is it reading it at midnight just made me think I could really go for some ramen I, do you know but where would I get ramen I'd quite like some ramen it's too early in um, the morning for ramen but I'd quite like some ramen I say we bring in breakfast ramen I think that could be a breakfast thing breakfast ramen is that even a thing breakfast ramen I imagine it's you know you, it should you, be you still got your noodles you got your egg you just chuck some bacon in there mate everybody wins breakfast ramen um, I'll make some calls on F- full English move, ramen move some concepts around that, that, that's beautiful um but I don't know. Overall, so the Venom um, story at the end, I, I liked the art for. Loved um, the art for that. But I don't know. Overall, I guess Wolverine's a weird one. My my favorite. This is controversially my favorite thing that's happened with Wolverine re- in recent years. Is remember when he died? Yeah, great. <laughs> Just such a solid choice because it let. He was never going to stay dead. Which is a shame because it let all the other Wolverines shine, you know, X X twenty three becoming the all new Wolverine, mm. and, and that was really good. And Honey Badger, her tag along clone sister, amazing. Right. So I, I guess I don't really need old Wolverine. I I'm kind of into current Wolverine, and I, Fair I, I can I can see that there's a lot to be done with his character and the family he currently has. So seeing him hanging out with Kitty Pride in I don't know when Kate Pride was a teenager, which yeah. the way time travels in Marvel is still uh, now. Marvel um, time travel is weird. Um, 
I've got theories on that though. We'll talk about. The, 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 there's, the, there's that Spider-Man comic that I really enjoyed, where they actually make him age as yeah. he would have done from the sixties, which is brilliant. That's the life story. That. That's right. I yeah. love life story. But um, so I, I think my th- my thing is seeing him, you know, hanging out with Kitty Pride in the eighties, making ramen in Japan, makes me think. But I kind of want to see you and Laura Kinney hanging out doing things. I don't really fair need, enough. I don't necessarily need historical Wolverine. I need, I need kind of just nice Logan moments now. Nah, so that, I, that, I that, that is fair. I, I feel like, but there are books that do that, right? The, never enough. <laughs> <laughs> never enough. I, I need you know, Dad Logan. That's what I want. Dad Logan. Yeah, he's just right. going to hang out with you. You know, you're probably going to get dinner and just chill and. Mm. He'll take you to the cinema to see a film he doesn't care about. He's, he's a good guy. That, that is a good dad. That, that is that's a good what I dad. want from Logan. Right. I have, fair some, I have some specific requests Marvel will not meet. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, yeah. It's... I, I didn't realise any of this was my reality until just now. Good. But... You mean because I got giddy about <laughs> 90s Logan? But I, I, I think for me, because it's a limited series, if this was ongoing, I don't think I'd bother. But because it's a limited series, there's only going to be five. Yeah. As a Marvel Comics presents nostalgia for me, it, it's a pull and it's a surprise pull. I put it on because it was a number one, not because I thought I would like it. Yeah. And it just made me so 90s happy that it, it has to be a pull for me. A surprise pull. That's fair. I, for me, it's a pass, but I, I completely understand. I feel like this is very aimed at you. Yeah. It, with the, We've got a bunch of writers who used to write X-Men. Mm. They're, they're involved and they're kind of, you know, legends in the industry. I, I can see that that would then appeal to Marvel Presents Mark. Marvel, yeah. Marvel Comics Presents Mark. Okay. <laughs> I've been called much worse. So, I, I, yeah, I can see that you, you were probably the target audience for this and I am mm. probably slightly too, you know, Young and hip, you're definitely young and hip. I'm, 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 I'm not sure I want to be hip. <laughs> Being hip takes effort. The next part of the show, we are going to do a review. Normally, we do like revenues, but I don't like the term. So it's a very real word. It's I not. Oh, for goodness' sake. Uh, so yeah, we we're going to do a review. I haven't seen X Men. Dark Phoenix yet, and I, realistically by this stage, I probably won't. So um, we're going to review Brightburn instead. Spoiler warning, we probably are going to reveal some of the plot. So if you haven't seen Brightburn yet, maybe skip towards the end of the show. But incidentally, I think all the spoilers are so obvious. Well, yes. <laughs> the, the, well, that that's something I wanted to discuss. It was, it was hardly um, a challenge. Of a, of, of, a, uh, of a plot, was it? Um, basically, everything I expected from Brightburn when Superman horror story yeah. got exactly what I expected. Yeah, it did exactly what it said on the tin, didn't it? Yeah. Almost, it is the most it did exactly what it said on the tinny that I think I've ever seen. Um, or at least for a long time, anyway. I don't think there was any real surprises. It was just very, hey, this is what we're going to do. Cool, yeah. watch it. Um, um I liked it, and I know yeah. it's not had the greatest of reviews. I liked it. It's it's not the kind of film, and I say this a lot, it's not the kind of film that's going to change my life. No, of course not. But it was an hour and a half of fun, horror, superhero-y, slasher stuff. It was fine. Yeah, it, it played on a lot of, you know, both Superman and horror tropes. And mm. 
I think that's all we really needed from it. So it delivered, I guess. One thing that um, I wanted to discuss was um, I went. I actually went to see this with you, so you know that I did this. I um, when it came up as a fifteen, I booed. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you're gonna do horror, do it properly. But I tell you something. What do you need to do to earn an eighteen certificate these days? Because this was pretty <laughs> gruesome. Weirdly, I had this conversation on my way here today um, about. Is it just sex? Sex pushes things to be Is it sex and swearing? Um, because there wasn't all that much profanity. There's a little bit film. of swearing, but not really, and there was no sex or anything. So is, is it, are those the requirements to push it from being a Maybe. to an 18? I mean... But what's the limit I with don't violence know. to... There was some pretty gruesome stuff. I mean, a guy fell into his steering wheel and it detached his jaw from his face, and yeah. you saw it, and you yeah. saw it head on. It was, mm. yeah, it was pretty <laughs> gruesome. Yeah, some some definitely, you know, gory, gruesome moments in that. And, and I, it, yeah, I don't know what makes it an 18. No, then. you go back to some films that received an 18 certificate in the 80s and 90s. Surely this is as bad, if not worse, than that. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe apparently sex and, and, and swearing is more is more offensive than hideous, hideous graphic violence. Who knew? But, incidentally, I've, I've had this conversation about comics, and one of my friends often says that if he's reading a comic on a, on a train or a bus or whatever, if, if he's reading it and th- there's, like, a lot of sex scenes, he's like, this is awkward if anyone sees me reading this. Doesn't care how violent it, a comic he's reading, though, but... No, that seems like a fair parallel. I, I would yeah. feel the same. I wouldn't read... Um, oh, let's just say sex criminals. Yeah. I wouldn't read something like that on a train. I know I wouldn't. Uh, that, that's definitely a, a, a house book. <laughs> it's definitely a Marx house book. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it is just a reflection of society that people are completely desensitised to... Mindless violence. Really quite graphic violence, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. It's hmm. a real thinker. But as a film, um, everything I expected from it... Um, yeah. I, you know, it's not going to win any Oscars, and no, it's, not it's not like I, just, I don't think it's a great triumph of horror or anything. But it's not. A, it's it's a good horror it's film. A decent though. horror film. Yeah, that's it. It's a decent horror film. It's it's a solid three stars for me. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing that's going to rock my world. It's nothing that I, I walked away going that was awful. Mm. I just it was a fun film. I like horror films, yeah. and it was a, it was a perfectly watchable horror film, and I think that's kind of all all that I expected. Yeah, I. I don't know who I was talking to the other day about it, but kind of came to that it is a, it's kind of got like notes that are similar to the omen at times. Right. So when when the parents, you know, realise that, oh, this kid might actually be, you know, the problem here and like the the dad tries to yeah. shoot him and fails. Yeah, that was <laughs> that, that that scene I was like, Oh boy. But yeah, definitely some kind of tonal similarities to something like the omen. Mm. But um yeah, I guess kind of super, yeah, the, super the, Superman meets the Omen meets yeah, and, and as a slasher horror, horror. As a horror film, the jump scares were great. The the slasher moments were great. There wasn't too much. There wasn't too little. It felt like I didn't feel uh, at the start. I was like uh, fifteen, but I didn't feel cheated. Yeah. I didn't feel like they kind of toned. I don't feel toned like they toned the horror down. down to keep, no, and at the end, there was like 
like I don't know, like ten jump scares back to back with him yeah. just flying through a building. Yeah, that was pretty really cool, abruptly. Yeah. And every single time, it's like, okay, I hate jump scares now. Yeah, it, it, and <laughs> I was fine with it until there were ten in a minute. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was really good. And and um, what I would say about the film is, it was a little bit that escalated quickly. Yeah, he was a nice young man. One bad thing happened to him, and then he was the the most vicious creature on the planet. There didn't feel like enough character development and enough bad stuff happening to him for it to escalate to what he became. Yeah, and I guess that's the same thing with... So with, like, the Superman origin story, we very much see Superman, Clark lands on Earth, his yeah. baby. We, we then see him as a kid, him as a teenager, and then we proceed directly to is Superman, I guess, focusing quite heavily on what was he, like, 13 or something? Yeah. So we're getting a focus on, like, one month of this kid's life where suddenly all the development... Yeah. I, I guess that needs to be on on more of a timeline. It would have felt more natural. I, I, I do feel... Yeah, and I, I do feel like um, a lot of Superman's background is it, it, it's explicit why he became such a beacon of morality. Yeah. His, his parents back on his own planet and indeed the influence of his parents in uh, Smallville. Yeah. But Smallville's such a cheesy name. I've always hated that. But anyway, the... Um, Do you prefer Brightburn or...? Um, no. No, Brightburn's a terrible name for a town. Do they really have places called Smallville and Brightburn? They should have... Maybe they could have just called it Springfield. Apparently there's loads of Springfields. Yeah. Which is why The Simpsons is set in Springfield, because it could be one of, like, 100 Springfields in America. Um, anyway, so I, I, don't, I feel like Superman's story, it does explain why he's such a beacon of morality, whereas yeah. it doesn't articulate the why... are just good people. Yeah, but in this film, the, the, his mum and dad are good people. But it, and he's a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, and it, do, it doesn't articulate why he's evil, or it doesn't justify it enough by one incident of bullying. We have the thing that the ship's telling him, you know, to take the world, but... Is it take the world, burn the world? Yes, but... But... It, it's a simple plot. Yeah, it's it's very... However... Things are happening because they're happening. However, it's a horror film. Horror films have simple plots. This, At least this style of horror film. It's not really got any psychological or bigger elements to it. No. It's very much a straight horror. It's a slasher. Yeah. It's, it, I would say it's more of a slasher than a superhero film, actually. We, it's a slasher hero film. Yeah, and we, we recognise... trademark that. Because we recognise the Superman story so vividly, yeah. we expect it to be more superhero than slasher, where really it's a slasher. Yeah, and I guess it's about subverting that expectation. One thing I, I do think is, how have they got away with it? It's so similar to... to I, I do think it is just a case Superman of story. because that's been parodied so much already. And it is a... It's not a parody, though. Like, no, it's not even a parody. It's a straight just rip-off. But yeah. What is it? like? It's, it is like a 70-year-old story as well, so I don't know how... How long oh. does copyright live for before? Oh, could it be out of copyright? Maybe. Oh. But it just seem, You know, stuff like uh, White Wolf suing um, Underworld. Yeah. It feels as close to the Superman story as as, as uh, the yeah. White Wolf stuff is to Underworld. So to, to the extent of, like, his ship, you know, is the only thing that can cut him because... Yeah, know, exactly so right. even very on-the-nose things, it's... And that, that, I'm not saying I want DC to sue them because it's yeah. a fun film and it would be very sad, but the similarities really are quite 
quite big. Yeah, fair. Like too big, I think. I don't know. But I, I loved it. I, unless, I, I, I like a horror film and I enjoyed it. Unless part of that is why he stays as a kid, is to avoid it being too... Potentially, yeah. There's not a lot of focus on that part of Superman's life. No, I suppose not. But I, like, I don't know. We'll, like, we'll never understand the like legal... I mean, for me, it was a fun film. I'm glad I went to see it. I'm highly unlikely to watch it again by explicit choice, but if yeah, it was on... If it was on I'd TV, wa- I wouldn't turn it off. Exactly right. So, it's a good film. It, it's, yes, I it's, it. it's not going to change the world. It's not going to be a classic, but it wasn't bad. It was quite fun. Yeah. I reckon if you've got... If people have got, like, spare evening and they've seen everything else, it's definitely not a waste of your time. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's it's worth a go. If, if you're into horror and you're curious about super horror, yeah, go for it. I think it's actually more for horror fans than for superhero fans, actually. Yeah. I, I think I think that's one of the things, because obviously we went into it from the more superhero expectations side, yeah. and I guess if, we'd gone for, if we were doing a horror podcast or a horror radio show and we were talking horror, it would have been more in keeping with yeah. our expectations. Yeah, I reckon so. But yeah, there's a horror film coming out in whatever month we're in, June. Oh, can I have my usual wine? We got it after America. Well, why, yeah. oh why, oh See, why do we not have international releases weeks. of everything? It drives me insane. I, I really don't understand in this modern world where literally everything should be available at the touch of a button, why, oh why, oh why do they not do international releases of everything? It really drives me insane. At some point, I'm going to take all the audio clips of this rant and just remix them together as a kind of... Send it into the show and I'll play it. The best of Mark, complaining about releases. Please do. Um, I want Swamp Thing. You've mentioned. I w- oh, so <laughs> annoying. I am... Um, yeah, it, it is frustrating. Because the first thing I knew about Brightburn was Michael Rooker posting about it like a month ago to say he'd finally seen it. And the fact that it's like a, m- a month ago and he'd seen it late... Oh, look, yeah. Michael Rooker cameo at the end, which... Which, you know. That's nice. Worth seeing. But, um, mm, yeah, so, you're into horror films? I do like Probably Brightburn. Yeah. And that's all we've got time for this week on Geek of the Week. Thank you for listening. We've had a fab time, and we will see you next week on Geek of the Week. Great Scots! It's been almost an hour. What the devil are they doing? Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Thanks for listening to Geek of the Week. Be sure to tune in next week. Same Geek time, same Geek channel. And if you want to follow us on social media, it's at GOTW Radio on Twitter. Search for Geek of the Week Radio Show on Facebook. And to listen again, it's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Geek of the Week Radio Show.